All right, so we'll do our little sound test. Check that we're recording. Sound test. <laughs> Got Jess with me today. Let's see <laughs> if we can hear ourselves. Like if I close my eyes, I feel like I'm somewhere else. Totally. This is crazy. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, and we're <laughs> recording. <laughs> Welcome, you guys. This is episode number 19 of the Bikini Things podcast. I have a very special guest with me today. Um, Jess, do you want to introduce yourself? Hi. <laughs> this is really trippy. I've not ever had headphones on and could hear myself this well. Uh, <laughs> this is Jessica Wilson. I am an IFBB Bikini Pro and full-time veterinarian, and I'm really excited to share a little bit or a lot of bit about myself yeah. here today. As much or as little as yeah. you'd like. Um, the bikini things. We'll yeah. Talk about all the bikini things. Yeah, no, I'm excited to have you. And especially since you said you've actually never listened to the podcast. No. It's it's exciting. And I'll explain why, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we were, we, were just, we were chatting a little bit before this. And we just decided, you know what, let's, let's just hit record. And we can ramble as much as we want mm -hmm. to. Um, I was talking a little bit about why I first started this podcast. And the biggest thing, number one, is I'm a podcast junkie. So um, my day-to-day -day life, I listen to a ton of podcasts, especially when I'm driving. I, f I find Same. that I'm a lot calmer mm -hmm. listening to a podcast than I am listening yeah. to my cardio mix. Yep. Stuck in rush hour traffic, I tend to be a little more mellow, a little bit more level-headed. Um, also at work, when I'm doing things that are very repetitive or you know, I'm just updating schedules mm -hmm. because I'm a project manager full-time, anything that's tedious. I'll listen to podcast or music. Well, it helps kind of keep your intel, like keep your intellectual engagement going when you're listening to something Absolutely. like a podcast versus yeah. music. If I'm doing something mindless. Yeah, if I'm doing things that are monotonous. like very yeah monotonous yeah. or routine, it's really nice. And sometimes I'll switch back and forth between music. But I have a lot of podcasts I like. Yeah. I've listened to them for a long time. Even my first job out of college, I was a GIS technician, wow. which is a lot of just like manual, tedious clicking. And so I started listening to podcasts then, and I liked them a lot, and I kind of had an, a goal in my mind around the end of last year that I want to start one of these. Yes. Joe Rogan had mentioned an app. <laughs> I love Joe, Joe Rogan. Rogan. I love Joe Rogan. <laughs> I have a confession about Joe Rogan. Okay, I want to hear it. <laughs> um, so I went to see Joe, if you hear <laughs> I saw him too. I saw him in Long Beach. Okay. I think the end of last year. I was so excited to go see Joe Rogan because he's the he's he's hilarious just in all platforms, I feel he is so relatable and he is so in touch with the public. And so husband and I, we get tickets. We're really excited. Get there. And the show started at around eight. Now, bikini girls, what we're time grandmas. do we get to bed? Like right? nine, 9 yeah, p.m. Like 9 p.m. 9 p.m. Yeah. Yeah. Like somewhere <laughs> 8 30 is 8 30. The jam jams Pretty come out. Much, exactly. <laughs> so we get there and I'm like, oh, so pumped. This is awesome. I, we, I think we got like second row seats, like right dead, close to dead center. I mean, we were up there, like we could touch him maybe. Um, I fell asleep within <gasps> 20 minutes. No! <laughs> and the whole time, oh, the whole gosh. time I'm like, oh my God, I'm like, I'm nodding off and I'm telling my husband, oh my God, I'm so nervous uh -huh. because... He's gonna he's gonna see it. He's gonna see it happen. I'm uh -huh. gonna doze off, and he's gonna see it happen. He's gonna do he's gonna shit call, about it. He's, he's gonna, gonna call, call us my out. Ass out on it. <laughs> and it just didn't matter. I could uh -huh. not stay awake, and I missed the entire thing. I mean, like literally 20 minutes into it, oh, no. I passed out, and I woke up really toward the end. Basically, I had to be woken up, and so <laughs> I don't think he noticed, but. Um, that happened. And I Dang. think it's because, you know, just like you said, you listen to a lot of podcasts uh -huh. and on the road driving. So what I drive, what I do now in my veterinary life, I'm actually an end of life, um, care provider. So I go to people's oh, homes. I work yeah. for a company called Lap of Love, who's amazing around the country, not every single state, but we're getting there. And so, um, we're on the road, we work independently and, so I had a lot of downtime, which is wonderful for some aspects and then kind of meh for others because just alone all the mm -hmm. time, I, when I get going, I tend to talk too much and just mm -hmm. talk, talk, talk. And I like engaging, but I also like that downtime, but sometimes it's too much downtime. So, um, podcasts, podcasts fill that void. So yeah. I think I may have gotten into a state aside from the fact that it was like after <laughs> bedtime for yeah. me. Yeah. Were you on prep at that point too? Um, no, no, I wasn't. Okay. I wasn't actually. I think. But you think do, it was so, like you do so much. But I, like, I, yeah, I, I keep yeah. myself pretty occupied. Um, so I think I got into a state of, 
oh, I'm on the road. And I kind of go into focus on the road mm-hmm. mode and it's kind of almost a trance-like state. I mean, I'm paying attention obviously mm-hmm. because I'm driving, but it just induced like this calm sense of relaxation. It's yeah. almost like a meditative state yeah. while I'm on the road. And his voice, I felt like I was listening to him on the podcast versus seeing him live. Yeah. And I don't know if it's if it's just literally that's all that was or if it's he's so relatable. He makes himself so relatable because he has so much in common with his fans that I just kind of felt like, hey, he's my bro, and I'm just kind of sitting in the living room. He's talking, and I'm just dozing off. Mm-hmm. So, so that happened. So, <laughs> so bummer. Was yeah. it was it his so, most recent special yeah, that just came last, out? Yeah, it was end of last okay. year. Okay, it was that. okay. I saw him in April at Irvine Improv, this year. and it was awesome. So, I yeah. I haven't watched Strange Things on Netflix yet. I think I'm, I'm going to so know good. most of the material, but I definitely, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you caught me <laughs> five minutes into it <laughs> before we got started. Well, um, good choice. Yeah, yeah. So his uh, his podcast. He used to mention that you could record podcasts from your phone, and he mentioned an app at oh. one point, and I logged that away. Um, I'm very organized. I have lots of little uh, checklists. Um, I'm a big list maker. Yeah. Ideas, a way I organize things. I use OneNote for work mm-hmm. a lot. I also use it for my personal life. So I logged that away. And a few months later, I decided I wanted to actually go through with it and get it started. And um, just, yeah, did it all myself. Started recording with the phone. And the audio quality was actually really good with the iPhone 7, which is what I started Mm -hmm. out with. And then um, the mic started going bad on the phone. I replaced it. Uh, I got in touch with a videographer that shot some video for me. He helped me get these mics set up and um, just know what to order with my budget. And, And, yeah, and... It's been awesome because a lot of it is just I love fitness. I've loved competing. Um, my backstory is that I had a goal. I had a desire mm-hmm. to compete for about three years before I was actually in a place in my life where I could. Mm-hmm. And I really feel like in a lot of ways I'm trying to make up for lost time, mm-hmm. sort of. Yeah. And and some of my best friends are from competing. Jamie, for one. Mm-hmm. She's wonderful. Jamie Davis. Yes. Love yeah. Jamie. She's been on the podcast a couple yes. times. And it's just a way to get to have a long form conversation mm-hmm. with someone. And very rarely in our lives now are we sitting down and doing this. Talking. Talking yeah. literally. And we're fortunate, guys, we're fortunate enough that we are actually literally a foot away from each other. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. Because we'd never met before. And that's the beauty of competing, you know. Mm-hmm. Social media it has given us a platform to enjoy a sport, a hobby profession you know because people see it a little bit differently depending on what their goal is absolutely and it's a beautiful thing like we have a great friend in common oh my gosh girl my armpits are sweaty okay <laughs> let me uh let me get some climate control no, no, going it's, okay. <laughs> it's warm in here i think it's the violet too that probably as well be. yeah i just get sweaty armpits when i get excited you guys it's all good that's all right it's all good that's are true. you too warm i can no, i can I, put i'm all right on. i'm just like oh i feel it trip guys I'm very honest. What you see is what you get. I'm like, oh, what's going on? I feel it running. Yeah. I'm good. I can put it here. Here, let's pause it for one sec. I'll, put, I'll put a fan on. We're going to fix yeah. that, guys. <laughs> You're all good. Session. You're all good. Are we on? A little, yeah, a little better? We're on. It's better. Good. She is wonderful, you guys. Like, Lauren has just turned this fan oh, on. Oh, so are me. you. Um, thank you. But now I'm playing. So I'm, I'm going to ooh and ah about this throughout the whole session, probably because I've not heard myself in my head like this before. And uh-huh. so we've got this fan on, and Laura's telling me about, these are just like the technicalities. You guys, podcasts take a lot of work. So it's impressive. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. you. Know? And and pretty soon, I do have a pretty realistic plan um, that's sort of budget-friendly yeah. to get a full video set up. I have the equipment. It's really just getting the setting. Yeah. And so maybe once I've got that, maybe you, Jamie, and myself could oh, sit down and so do a little fun. mini oh test God. run. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be awesome. That. So definitely. For sure. Yeah, that's not that far off. No. Okay. It's pretty much just a backdrop and some lighting yeah. away from happening. That's it. So Okay. Very cool. So yeah, no, I'm exciting, Yeah, and I'm very appreciative that you took the time out of your day oh, to come yeah. sit down with me. And but that's this is the whole reason why I did this, is I just wanna you know, kind of build friendships and, and build relationships and learn more about from other people and their experience as a competitor. And when I first started, there is a lot out there, but it's not necessarily that detailed. And and you don't necessarily understand fully what it's like to oh gosh, experience no. things like body dysmorphia or, you know, rebounding after a show or what is that first prep really like mm-hmm. if you've never done it mentally, physically, mm-hmm. emotionally, like, you know, it's going to be hard, yeah. but just to put stuff out there too, because I recognize that 
for me a year or two ago, this was all new and it w- was really stressful at times. And so I love listening right to stuff like this. And yeah, yeah. And even down to like the intricacies of show day and what happens mm-hmm. and, you know, all the venues are different. And if you've never experienced, uh, you know, if you've never had that experience and you don't have someone there to guide you, whether it's a coach or a friend who's done it or, you know, a lot of people do it on their own. Um, and if you don't know kind of what to expect, it can be totally it's, stressful. It's very stressful. Yeah. So that's going to be, that's actually going to be an upcoming episode, what to expect on show day. Mm-hmm. I had that from social media. That was a topic that people kicked over to me to do. And then another one was body dysmorphia. So I think those that's two will be problem. upcoming episodes. And then I want to do, once I get the video set up going, mm-hmm. I want to do one about sponsorships mm-hmm. with a group of girls. Um, because that's also another thing that I get asked about most How of the time, not necessarily just with the yeah. podcast, but yeah, anyone. Um, I went last year from having, you know, no affiliation with any brands right now. It's like I have five different companies, supplement companies, yeah. g- gyms, meal That's prep, awesome. whatever it is that I'm working with. And it's, it's been amazing. And Congrats. I feel, I really That's just feel super, that short amount of time. I know. And I feel super appreciative for it. Like sometimes I have to remind myself like what this all, this all just happened since last fall. That's crazy. Yes. And, and a lot of times I have to also, um, get out of the head, head state of, or mental <laughs> space of thinking, okay oh, in some ways I don't deserve this, or like, why me? Oh, or... imposter syndrome. Yeah, oh, that's a, <laughs> that's a whole nother Pandora's box. <laughs> that's a whole, like, two, three-episode series, I think. Probably. That's, it's Imposter syndrome is huge. It doesn't yeah. just affect bodybuilding. If you guys have never heard of imposter syndrome, look that up. Uh, yeah. um, you know, but basically it's the notion of, like, I'm not good enough. Like, I'm going to get caught as a fraud uh, yeah. in whatever it is. It shows cause... up at work a lot, oh, I think, yeah. is where women tend to experience mm-hmm. it. Men, I think, just it's not as much of a struggle with them I think they're conditioned maybe to be more confident correct and so so. a lot of times girls will get jobs or get into these great schools and feel like oh I don't actually deserve this this. somebody's gonna figure out that I don't belong here Mm -hmm. literally it's and and kind of turning that toward so what I do you know like my full-time job the the job that pays the bills the the, Mm -hmm. the profession yeah um, that I went to lots of schooling for so so in my veterinary career that's come up a lot and I'm actually now involved this past year I started um year 2018 and I had this vision so you bringing up the podcast vision and having this vision I had this vision for quite a while of how how do I get back to the veterinary world and in the veterinary community we've got so many issues related to stress um mental health very high suicide rate compared to other professions um unfortunately and it's like every couple of months I hear of another colleague that took their life and wow it's happening it's happening a lot I had no idea and it's it's kind of yeah this is people every every profession in this world you know it's like it's a small world but it's a small world within your little niche right mm-hmm. so in bodybuilding it's a very small world in the veterinary medicine world it's a very small world and I'm sure the you know human physician orthopedic society it's a very small it mm-hmm. exists I, I don't know but I'm sure it we does. have our own <laughs> you know in the veterinary community we have yeah. our own our, our own uh, separate um, specialties but Imposter syndrome is huge, and especially with women. Um, the majority of the profession is um, high percentage of women, um, more women than men. And historically, well, not not the entire kind of length of period of veterinary medicine has it been the case. In the beginning, mostly men, then women predominated, and it's still happening. You know, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> and so imposter syndrome in women—it's becoming a, it's it's big, and we're starting to recognize it. Um, and with the awareness of all the issues of mental health that we're having, um, it's coming up. So this past year, I've been fortunate enough to be included in a lecture series um, at different veterinary conferences. And I've done a few remotely. One, the first one of the year was in Virginia Beach. I had a little bit of a complication with trying to actually get out there. Um, a couple flights were canceled because of weather, things like that. So I, I did it remotely, which was great. But my topic um, was about body confidence and how you can utilize that to help you in your career as a veterinary doctor. You know, if you, um, and the basics I went over is the handshake and eye contact. You know, if you have, um, it's those basics of like making eye contact, not in the creepy way, of course, where you're just like completely mm-hmm. engaged and like trying to look into yeah. the soul, that's just <laughs> creeper status, but having a conversation and actually holding your head up and looking at the person, um, you know, as a doctor, we're presenting a treatment plan. We're presenting, you know, what it's going to cost. We're, put, we're trying to explain the reason why your cat has this issue or a dog or whatever the animal is. You got to get some confidence in, in your appearance. 
um, your handshake, you know, like the lymph noodle. I want to eliminate the lymph noodles. So yeah. those, those are all things. It's like it's a nonverbal <clears throat> cue and it's got to be confident. You know, your, your, your patient's family, are they going to take you seriously if you kind of walk in schlepping around, your clothes aren't fitting right, they're dirty, you're kind of looking down to the ground and you're not making eye contact and you're kind of mumbling. Well, that's not, that's not conducive to gaining trust and to gaining confidence in that, in that manner, in that setting. So um, I have like a little 15, 20 minute stint of like standing up straight and walking with confidence and like I make it pretty interactive where, mm -hmm. ooh, sorry about that, okay. um, make it interactive where everybody kind of goes around the room and shakes hands. And there is um, the president of, of one of the big veterinary um, hospital groups um, is there. So, you know, you think of her as a position of authority and it's like, all right, we're going to go in there. We're going to shake this woman's hand. And she's a little intimidating because she's a boss, you know. Mm -hmm. And so... <clears throat> Being able to participate in that to help my veterinary colleagues is pretty awesome. And I've done that lecture twice um, remotely. In December, um, I'm gonna, it's actually happening in San Diego. So I've been to that veterinary conference before. So I'll be down, it's weird, because San Diego I associate with competing because I only ever go down to San Diego to really? compete or like participate in some sort uh -huh. of muscle contest event. Um, so it's like, oh, I'm going down there for a different, you know, I'm helping another group of women, you know, not just the, not just the bikini girls. It's like, I'm going to help everybody. Um, so this December I'll be there in person, which is great. And I mean, I'm bringing the tiaras. So these vets, I, I don't know that many veterinarians are listening to the bikini things podcast. You never know. <laughs> you never know. And I do have two colleagues, um, that one, one actually is a, so, so I'm the first veterinarian that's become an IFBB pro that mm -hmm. I'm aware of. Very cool. Yeah. So I'm the first. At, yeah. There so you go. I'm like, oh, I just realized woman. that. Even um, then, I just think it's inspiring when I see people with these very high powered full-time careers, at, especially, careers. Or, you know, just doing well. Yeah. yeah just yeah. doing well as competitors, let alone becoming an IFBB pro. It's yeah. very inspiring. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And, yeah. and that's what I hope to show others. Like it's possible. It's not easy. And I'll get into some of those details, but it's not easy. But, um, but my colleague, um, and we've never met in person though. And I've, I, I remember she started out in figure. Um, her name is Jennifer Hennessy, and she's out in Texas, and she okay. owns an emergency clinic. She's getting re animal rehab certified. Um, so she's she's got she's got a lot going on, and she just became an IFBB pro. And I remember. I girl crushed on her. Oh my God, I hope she's going to listen to this. She already knows though, because I'm like, oh my God, I freaking love you. But she used to be figure. And I remember finding her because it's like, all right, are there many veterinarians out there that do bodybuilding? And I found a few. I found a few locally that um, I've met, one I've become good friends with, um, Sabrina Kigley. Um, and there, there are lots of others, just not um, pursuing in the way that I pursued it necessarily, where we're going to reach professional status. I'm going to work toward that rather. It's more of, I'm going to do a show here and there is the trend that I've noticed. And, mm -hmm. and being a veterinarian is a very stressful, very time consuming, very taxing type of career. So you've got to have an outlet. That's what it is for me. And I'll get into kind of how I found it as an outlet. But um, Jennifer Hennessy, I remember seeing her on Instagram because I would like do a hashtag veterinarian, hashtag fit vet, hashtag, you know, uh -huh. vet life. It, so we find <laughs> each other, you know, whatever veterinary hashtag I could find. And look at the individuals that would come up, like Dr. Evan Anton, a lot of people know. I don't know if you are familiar with him, but no. he's like People Magazine, I think, found him. He's like one of the sexiest men alive or something like that. And he's a veterinarian. Oh, good for him. Yeah. And he's, <laughs> and he's got like a million followers. Mm -hmm. And it's out, you know, it's it's obviously giving the profession um, a voice, you know, that what we're doing here. But I back to Jennifer. So I, it's, I'd seen her. She was a figure competitor. I'm like, oh, my gosh, she's a vet. And she looks amazing. And she does X, Y, and Z. And I was very excited. Um, and I went to a show where she was competing, but in bikini. She transitioned over to bikini. Cool. And so, and we're both amateurs at the time. I may have gone pro. I don't remember. Um, but I was like girl crushing on her heart as a fellow professional. I'm like, oh my gosh, she has her shit together. And, and I, she's on stage and she looks amazing and she's winning shows. She's winning overall. She also, she's also a Miss Texas. Um, I don't, again, I don't know the title that she has, but she's Miss Texas right now in the beauty pageant circuit. So Very it's like cool. she does it all. So Good I'm for like, her. oh my gosh, yeah. another, you know, another one. This is awesome. But she just went pro, um, gosh, I think this year. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure it was this year. Yeah. Um, I forget which show, but she went pro and I was just so excited for her. Because um, it's like make, we're making history. Like we're, we're showing people we can do this. Mm -hmm. We can do this. So I don't remember what the original question was. 
we were just but we chatting. Just chat. Okay, yeah, we're just no. going with the flow, you guys. Yeah, <laughs> no. But that's that's um oh, it was kind of going back to like visualization. So um or I wanted to talk about visualization a little bit because mm-hmm. you talked about the podcast and you know, listening to Joe Rogan back in the day and you mm-hmm. visualize making this happen mm-hmm. and here you are. Yeah. And and we've made friends and like Jamie is a good friend of ours. Um, that we both found out we just share mm-hmm. and it, it's just the sport is so wonderful because it brings us together and and we realize we do belong here it was the imposter syndrome thing yeah we do belong here mm-hmm. there there is a reason we're here whether it's to just do the one show or to um, keep going and, and, and gain take, your pro status and gain post, and, yeah yeah so I mean yeah. it, it, it's it, the imposter syndrome thing is real um, but at least within the sport, I've realized I don't see it as much, to be honest, within mm-hmm. the sport. I think that a lot of us know we belong on that stage and know that we belong in this setting because mm-hmm. we work. We work for it and we work equally as hard, if mm-hmm. not some more than others, depending mm-hmm. on how much, you know, what their goal is. So I, I don't know that I've found it very much in the sport, but yeah. in, my, in my full-time well, career, absolutely. absolutely. And I also think, yeah, I also think, number one, competing helps you build confidence mm-hmm. in some ways, even though I wouldn't consider that in itself a reason enough to just go decide to okay. do it. But along the way, as I've progressed, because I started training in November 2016 kind of with the purpose okay. of cutting and really competing, um, and I've been doing it since then very, very seriously, um, it's helped me gain a lot more confidence mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean that I'm not confident in myself. I know it's, it's something I do yeah. have to work on because I think we all have self-doubt at times and my professional life, I'm in a very technical engineering field and I'm one of the, as a project manager, I'm one of the least technical people in the office. So there are always wow. times where I have self-doubt, but competing in a lot of ways has helped because I've progressed in the gym. My physique has progressed. Yeah. I'm feeling better and better about myself every single day because I see the results of my hard work. That's awesome. And I see it in my work too. That makes sense. And and as I've been at my current company for a little over two years, I'm way more confident now. So you started the job and started competing around the same time? Yeah, because my, so my backstory is that I I first found out about competing and, and I'll probably ask you the same question. So I first found out about competing when I was in grad school. Um, I did a, a dual master's program and I started teaching spin classes I just had extra free time. Yes. Yeah. At extra free time, I was like, oh, hey, I'll teach spin classes. And you had to, I went to Indiana University for mm-hmm. grad school. You had to audition. They had the little course where they taught you all the muscles and, yeah. and basics of physiology and stuff like that. And they would always do activities and training for all the group exercise instructors because almost all of them were students. And one of the girls who taught classes was a figure competitor. And so I kind of learned about it from her. And I, I sort of logged that away back in 2012, 2013, when I met her, that'd be cool. I think I want to do that someday. And I used to read the magazines and, (laughs) and I would look at, I would read Mm bodybuilding.com. I I was got a little bit, I would say skinny fat the year Mm -hmm. after college. I've always been tall and thin, got a little skinny fat. This girl's a giant. I am a giant. I'm 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 about six feet tall. And I'm vertically (laughs) challenged at five. It was was a good moment (laughs) when we met. I like to surprise people. Sometimes people tell me that I don't look that tall in photos. So I'm like, oh, just wait. Just, just wait. wait just wait. Especially if I've got the competition heels She's on. She's like class G. I don't yeah. know. Are you? Is, I class, don't know if it gets well, at nationals, H-I. I'd be H. Oh, gosh. And then for regular shows, they just go up to F. F. But it would be amazing if they had a, you know, yeah, if it's 5'7 and more. above. Yeah, I would love it mm-hmm. if they broke it down yeah. more. It'd, just, it'd make it easier. So yeah, maybe that's yeah. not a good thing. But um, so I had found out about competing from her. And I would, like, look at Oxygen Magazine, Bodybuilding.com. But my first job out of grad school, I was doing groundwater remediation. Whoa. And so I would travel around driving, not flying, nothing oh glamorous. I would travel around in a truck pulling a trailer with equipment. This and I would <laughs> And, and I'd have, you know, you have a coworker or two yeah. with you. And we were doing treatment of contaminated groundwater. And so it was a very manual job. You're setting up equipment. You're physically carrying around bags of chemicals and um, and keeping track of everything that's happening. So you could be out in the middle of nowhere. I remember there was one site when I first started with them in Indiana where the nearest gas station or nearest place to go use the restroom was 10 miles away. Oh my gosh. So you pretty much, you'd end up super dehydrated at the end of your workday because intentionally you wouldn't drink that much water because you would know it was a half an hour minimum 
leaving the site if you needed to use the restroom. Curl Kedashiwi. Yeah. <laughs> I put in my car all the time. Yeah. And, no, but I, and I, I could be it, in yeah. any condition. I mean, I worked I worked in the Midwest in the winter when it was oh, 10 degrees miserable. out. I worked in Phoenix in the summer when it was 106, and I could be outside anywhere from, you know, 10 to 16 hours a day. Oh and there's there would have been no way to make the competition mm-hmm. lifestyle work with that job. Right. And in a lot of ways, it was an amazing experience. I grew a ton in a very short period of time. It helped my career progress. It brought so me to good. California. It brought me to yeah. And I felt really good about yeah. it, too, because it's... It was very gratifying to feel like I'm doing something For that's community. beneficial. A lot of people who have geology backgrounds or environmental engineering backgrounds like mine go into oil and gas. Mm-hmm. That's what and the money is. Totally. And and it's that's very dependent on the economy too. But yeah. beyond that, it's like you're gonna kinda I would I would think I'd feel crummy about having a job like that, working for a Chevron or BP Exxon. I don't think I could feel good about myself. Yeah. Whereas I that job I did feel like I'm contributing yeah. some good. good. But there was no way to compete. No. And so I did that for about three years. And the whole time oh I had in the back of my mind, I want to compete one day. So I want to compete one day. planted. Yeah. And it just, I think now I'm so into it because the, all those years of just wanting mm-hmm. to do what I'm doing now. That's it, creative visualization. You put it out. You put yeah. it out there. It was going to yeah. happen just like this podcast was going to happen. Yes. This project of yours. And now yes. the next evolution of it is coming soon. Yes. You know where it's video as well. Mm-hmm. That's creative. That you just, this is Yes. Totally. Yes, you guys. <laughs> and now that I'm pre- I'm on prep, I'm visualizing myself on stage. I'm doing all that. And, you're in the center. Yes. You're winning exactly. the whole damn show. Like that's yep. how you that's exactly how you get it. And you work. And it's not like, I mean, okay, it's not that simple, guys. Where you just think about it and you dream about it, and that's it. You just do that. You no, know, you've got to take action. So, mm-hmm. so it's it's keeping in mind like everything that I do today is going to help me toward my goal, whatever the goal is, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's landing a certain job or starting your own company or a fitness goal or a weight loss goal or make your booty bigger goal or I don't know, you know, any goal that you have every single day, take a step, take a step and you'll get there eventually. But that's exactly what happened to you. It sounds like like yeah, the seed was planted absolutely. and you're like, Oh my God, I'm going to do this. I'm going to yeah. do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Yeah. I'm doing all the and things I've it. wanted to yeah. for years and it's, Maybe it's happened slower than I wanted, mm-hmm. but it's all happening. I'm just taking yeah. little steps, and and I'm also objective with myself. Like last season when I competed, I am so tall. I looked, I was really skinny. I didn't probably, have that much muscle. Lean, lean, lean. Yeah, yeah, lean, lean, lean. And I spent a long time in off season this year. Mm-hmm. And if Good. I if I kind of cut down again, and I'm in the same spot where I still feel like I don't have enough muscle, I'm going to take an even longer off yeah. season next year. Yeah, and that's, that's I'm just going to keep working it. until I'm until I'm where I want to yeah. be. So, because yeah, this takes time, bodybuilding, it takes time. Yeah, it really, really takes time. I mean, I've been doing it for uh, since I moved to California. So I guess maybe I'll talk about. How, yeah, no, I would how, love to hear about how you got into how fitness. I got so, into competing, all of it. So my story. Uh, all right. So because of my career, I've kind of traveled a lot um, for schooling. So I went to medical school in the Caribbean which was Ooh. great, which was so great. I mean, not as easy as people would think, but, I mean, we played hard, but we worked hard, really hard. So awesome. um, stayed in the island of St. Kitts for two and a half years, Ooh. then um, moved to Minnesota <laughs> in the middle of winter. Total opposite, total opposite <laughs> weather. Yeah. yeah, and I'm from New York City, so I spent a few weeks in New York before, like, then driving over to Minnesota. And so I did my clinical year in Minnesota. Then I moved back to New York City, where I'm from, and did an internship for a year in Brooklyn, New York. Then, um, at that time, I realized, and, and, and in my career, I, I'm just kind of the kind of person that wants to be good at just one thing. Like, I know my limitations, and I know where I can serve the best. So, I knew I wanted to be a specialist of some kind. And I thought, wow, well, I want to have quality of life, but I, but I want to be really good at one thing. And, you know, you think specialist, and you think, like, being on call and that kind of thing. But um, one of my cats broke his tooth. Um, while I was down on the island, um, and it was taken care of, I discovered there was veterinary dentistry. Like that was a thing. Like mm-hmm. you, you could go to your veterinary dentist and have your root canal, you know, not for the person obviously, but for the dog <laughs> or the cat. Right. So, so my boy had a root canal. Couldn't and, save money that way. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, no guys, no, 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 no. So, um, so I discovered that specialty and, um, I decided, well, I'm going to do that because I love anesthesia. I'm damn good at it. I love radiology. I'm 
that's that takes time to build that skill. Mm -hmm. um, and I love surgery. I love working with my hands. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to do this. But man, it was competitive. So this will relate to bodybuilding, guys. Just be patient. So um, it, it took it took a few tries. It, there are not very many residencies in the country or in the world, really. Um, I could count with one hand and three fingers, basically. <laughs> so applied through. Uh, we have a match program, just like medical school, um, or just like human in human medicine. Um, for match program there were only two programs there um but they, they it didn't work out they loved me but they had already kind of selected internally sort of um that's controversial i probably shouldn't talk about that but um networking pays off apparently so and i uh, another program i kind of i did a phone interview again loved me but same thing like hired internally and they knew they were going to do that they just had to go through the motions and then finally this opportunity comes my way um to do a residency for a company out um it's nationwide but my residency location was going to be Alameda East, which was in Colorado, in Denver. It's the hospital that used to be featured on Animal Planet's emergency vets. Oh, so, cool. Yeah, yeah. So, so I did my residency there. And so I completed the residency. Now, during that time, um, and I'll just talk about it. So I was going through a very, very, very stressful period in my life. Um, big, big life changes, like huge life changes. Um, I, got, I, had, I got divorced. Um, so that was incredibly stressful. Um, I was going through a lot of physical manifestations of stress, um, trying to complete this residency, you know, being worried about, oh my gosh, I'm not going to make it. I'm, and I think it was the beginning of the imposter syndrome situation. Mm -hmm. I just didn't know that that was what was happening. Sure. I didn't have that definition. I didn't understand. I didn't know that terminology yet. So I'm like, oh crap, I need to finish this residency. Like nothing's stopping me. I'm going to just go, go, go. Um, I, I knew I had to move out to California to fulfill my contract. Um, I've never lived in California, but let me backtrack a little. It's like parentheses within the story, footnote. Um, back maybe 20, gosh, 2002, 2003, something like that, I came out here for a wedding, San Diego, actually. Mm -hmm. Came out here for a wedding in La Jolla. Of course, La Jolla. It's like, you're going to fall in love, right? <laughs> so um, beautiful. It's beautiful. And it was at the La Valencia Hotel in California. And oh my gosh. So... And we saw sea lions. I mean, it was like every magical thing that could happen in that two-day trip happened. So I, I remember, and I said it out loud, I'm like, ah, oh, this is beautiful. I'm going to live here one day. I'm going to live in California one day. Ha, ha, ha. Like, LOL, joking. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know if that was a thing. LOL, back in 2002. I don't know. Probably. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so I kind of put that out there. And that, that I planted it. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I'll never forget it because I'm, I really, truly felt like, Someday, I'm going to be out here. I just didn't know how it was going to happen. I didn't know when it was going to happen, but someday. So, mm -hmm. okay, so fast forward, guys. Close parentheses. Um, <laughs> and footnote. Uh, so, I, um, I was going through that incredibly stressful time period. And I, let's just say, I was 31 or 32 years old at the time, in the hospital, paralyzed, thinking I had a stroke from an anxiety attack. And I have never suffered from anxiety or depression or any anything like that. I've been very healthy all my life. Um, but I, I, I was literally in a hospital bed with no motor. I mean, I could breathe and I could um, move my neck a little, like move my head a little bit and I can make some guttural sounds. Blood work was normal. Um, they did an MRI thinking I may have had MS. That was normal. Um, so they really couldn't find anything physically wrong with me. But I was hyper and, and me of course like well I'm veterinarian it's like we're the same so I'm like going through the differential list in my head of like what could be wrong with me I'm looking at mm -hmm. my vitals they showed me the lab work all normal I'm like oh duh like it's hypoxia so hypoxia is lack of oxygen to the brain and so when I had my little panic my big panic attack like ambulance had to be called and everything um I hyperventilated and so that was the reason I hyperventilated for minutes and minutes and minutes, like not just like, oh, a few seconds, like it was mm -hmm. a long time. Um, I started slurring my speech and certain then I lost the ability to speak. And so this is all in the ambulance, right? Like it was freaky people. It was crazy. So um, in this hospital bed, again, I'm going through my, in my head, how is this possible? I'm 31 and 32 at the time. Am I having a stroke? Am I going to die? What is going on? I, I this is stupid. I can't, mm -hmm. I can't believe this. Every test is going to be normal. And I knew it in my heart. So, um, they're giving me fluids and, and I don't know how long I'm in the hospital, but I'm like, I'm going to get out of here like as soon as I possibly can. Um, the moment that really 
hit me. Not just like, I'm paralyzed in the bed. Like, I can't move. I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, I had to urinate. Like, this is going to get graphic, people. Not that graphic. But I had to go to the bathroom. And so the nurse came in and put, you know, mm -hmm. picked me up, put me in a bedpan. Mm -hmm. And I peed. Mm -hmm. And it was relief. And then I sat there in it for like five minutes because mm -hmm. they were so slammed that they couldn't get back to me to grab the pan and like not let me sit in my own urine. Oh my gosh. And that was, that was the wake up where I need to change. Something yeah. needs to change. Bodybuilding doesn't come quite in yet, but, but, but it was mortifying. Not to the people around me. Um, mm -hmm they were there in support but just personally yeah it's like wow I have lost so much control and haven't managed my stress and I I, I can't keep going like this so um <laughs> sorry <laughs> so um after about two or three hours um I knew I had to get out of there and I, I thought I'm, I'm gonna move I'm gonna move I'm going to get out of here by tonight. Like, I'm not going to wake up here. I'm going to get out of here. Um, so I started kind of telling myself, move your thumb. Just move your thumb. Move it. Just move it. Move it. So I started by moving my right thumb. And eventually I could move my hand. And eventually I was, my body was making mm -hmm. the connections again. And I was able to get up. It took about six hours. Um, and I was able to get up. And so I signed myself out AMA in the hospital. Wow. I went home. I felt like I was hit by a train. That's, it's awful. Um, and of course I had follow-ups and things like that. I had been diagnosed with a condition, um, which is very common in that population, that age group that's mm -hmm. going through residencies or any stressful career yeah. things, yeah. um, a condition called neurocardiogenic syncope. So I, my heart and my nervous system weren't communicating. So I would, um, kind of be sitting normally, just mm -hmm. like this, not stressed at all. Um, my heart rate would start creeping up and jump up, 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 up. Like if I were doing like some hardcore cardio while I'm like literally just sitting here being still, and then it would just crash. Wow. And so my blood pressure would plummet. Everything would just plummet. And so it was happening. They couldn't find a physical reason why they, could, they were able to diagnose it. Um, actually, it was the day of the diagnosis that I ended up in the hospital with that panic attack. Um, and I think I had been suppressing a lot of it emotionally, like mm -hmm. it was kind of a little bit in denial, like this is a problem that's happening with me, but where I really knew I had to, I had to do something about it and actually listen to the doctors, uh, <laughs> is I had an episode of fainting while I was doing surgery and the patient was fine. And, um, luckily when you're doing oral surgery, nothing is sterile. The mouth of the dog is filthy. Um, cat, human. I mean, nothing's sterile. So I wasn't like in full sterile suit, but um, I could feel, I could feel my, I could just feel my heart racing. And um, I, I knew I was going down. So I'm like, all right, guys, I'm going down. Like some, someone catch me. So they like place me down. And the whole time I'm thinking, oh my God, what if that dog was not doing well or not stable under anesthesia? And I, I don't have the, the wit or the wherewithal to, to address it and then I lose a patient. I've never lost a patient, knock on wood. And so, under anesthesia, I mean. But um, that was a wake-up call, um, along with what if this happens while I'm driving and I kill myself or someone else? So that was a big moment in my life where I realized, oh my God, what the fuck am I doing? I need to make a change. So I, I, I started really looking into self-healing and, and spirituality and... And that's a whole other topic, so I think it's a little bit too big to bring up here for this podcast. But, but that was the moment where I knew, all right, I need to make a change. I need to maybe go out and have a little fun every once in a while because I was very much like study, 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 study. You know, residency is not easy. Um, and I, I was blessed that I, residency and dentistry is a little bit easier than some. Um, still very difficult, but not as um, – it's just different. It's not it's – not, in my opinion, as stressful as, let's say, a critical care residency or emergency, you know, residency. Um, so I knew I had to make a change. Um, a friend of mine, a dear friend of mine in Colorado, um, she said, well, like in, in efforts to like distract me and, you know, help me get through, because I had to go on some medications and get through that period. But she's like, oh, girl, get an Instagram account. So this is like 2011, 2012, yeah, like right it when it started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so she's like, get an Instagram account. And I'm like, 
I don't have time for this. Like, I have to finish this residency. I'm going to be moving out to California. I'm going to be running a practice. Like, I don't have time for this. Like, this is stupid. And I wasn't, like, a big Facebooker either. Like, I was on there. But, like, media wasn't um, my a priority. priority. Yeah. 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 And, and like, I didn't know what hashtag. This is, like, early days of Instagram. Like, hashtag fit. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag animal. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, like. That was the time, people, where we all needed to be strategic and account, grow our accounts. But mm-hmm. I didn't know. I had no idea. So I'm like, all right, whatever. I'll start an account. So I started this account. And, um, you know, because the, the, the format's changed a little bit with Instagram. But I started the account, and you get the Explorer page. And it looks a little different than it does now. And I kept seeing these girls with glittery bikinis. And, like, they're they're basically almost thongs. And they're in stripper heels. But they're not strippers. Or, well, <laughs> not the ones that well, I don't know you could be it's, it's your prerogative guys depends like, on which depends picture you on clicked which picture. on <laughs> exactly depends on what you were searching correct so so I see these women and I'm, I'm like learning about them and a few of them, like Paige Hathaway this is when she was competing like way in the beginning yeah um and you know she was one of them Massey Arias and knowing I'm Dominican from like the Dominican Republic and Massey was her, her username was different. It was Manco Fit, and then she had a Dominican flag, and she was just like this little skinny girl from New York City, where I'm from, and we're like from the same area and everything, um, Washington Heights, and she's doing all this fitness stuff, and I'm like, oh, cool. Okay, I want to get strong. Okay, let's do that, and, and, and that is a very valuable thing in my profession. You know, having physical strength is very important. Absolutely. You know, because um, I think about that's You've got to be able to move patients Heck around, yeah. right? Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> Um, it's very beneficial for what I do now when I have a very large dog. Um, yeah, not everyone, get not everyone moving. has like a Pomeranian right, or a Yorkie. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, so I'm like, all right, I do need to get strong. Because I was always kind of like the thin, lean, just with no strength, like kind of skinny, skinny fat. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know if I like that term, but, but people seem to understand that term. So just mm-hmm. kind of a little skinny girl with no curves and just no strength. So I thought... And in vet school, and in, in when I had to do my large animal rotation, like I got, I have this little scar right here. Uh, oh, yeah. I got kicked by a sheep. Like she oh, had an infected goodness. udder, and that that's the the breast tissue. So she had mastitis, and we had to flip her over on her back. I'm basically using a wheelbarrow, and this is large animal medicine. So get her in the wheelbarrow. One person restrained in the front, another in the back, and we had to lance this thing. Um, and I didn't have the strength. I didn't have the grip to like hold on to her. Um, and she kicked me in the face. And of course I'm like, wait a minute. Like it didn't phase me. I'm like, are all my teeth there? Yeah. Okay, cool. Let's keep going. And they're like, cause I'm a student. So all the professors yeah. are like, oh my God. I'm like, no, yeah. no, no, we, no. Like we gotta get this done. Uh-huh. So I, I was just bleeding. No big deal. Like I broke a finger in vet school too. It's like, you just got to keep going. Like, yeah. Keep well, and I would never going. notice that too. Right. And it's like this me. little scar, but, but to the physical strength, you know, Absolutely. It, it, it's, it was very useful, so I thought, okay, and and in and in going through those stressful times, I realized I was going to therapy and everything, like all situational, you know, anxiety and situational depression, and so I went to a therapist, and she's, and then I got rear-ended, girl, like so many things. It was like one a cluster of what the fucks like happened to me during that time period, um, and there's more, but I like ended up getting rear-ended during all of this. Um, I had to go to PT for that and my insurance only covered like a certain number and I still wasn't better so my therapist is like why don't you go get massage and I'm like oh I don't want anybody touching me mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I realized the importance she taught me you know the importance of physical touch um, in healing in general right so you think about the elderly that get put in nursing homes no one touches them and they wither away and I mean it's a horrible way to live when no one you know no contact mm-hmm. So that helped me heal as well. And along with, like, I decided I'm going to treat myself and hire a personal trainer. I've never had a gym membership, you guys. <laughs> so this is, this is like, I started from nothing. I started from an, from injuries to, to now what I am now. But hired a personal trainer. She was a woman, and she was wonderful. And she rehabbed me, basically, in Colorado. And then I, like, still, I'm like, all right, these girls in these glitter bikinis, I'm going to do this someday. And I said it. I'm like, I'm going to do this someday. So I ended up moving to California because I knew I was going to anyway. And I moved here in 2013, I think. Yeah, 2013. Um, found a gym and ended up, oddly enough, at a fight gym. But everything for a reason because I met my husband there. 
and oh. yeah, yeah. And oh, so, nice. um, ended up in a fight Cute. gym and one it made connections and ended up getting a coach, Eric Mara, who's my first coach. And, um, I did my first show in March of 2014. It was muscle contest San Diego championships. And I didn't know what the hell was going on, <laughs> but awesome. I knew I, and I had like, I hired opposing or well, I went to opposing seminar and did like one lesson and that was it. So like, guys, <laughs> I don't know what the heck you want to be more. Know. Yeah. You want to be, be prepared. prepared as possible or yeah. you just want to know what to expect. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, that first show can be stressful. First, oh my God. So, <laughs> so I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna have fun. No expectations. Mm-hmm. I went into it. Um, and I look back at the physique now I look back at it and I'm like, why, why did I do so well? But I understand judging. And mm-hmm. at this point I understand what they were looking for. And I understand that it's a comparison with who shows up, you know, totally. you know, so, um, so I did that for show. I actually ended up placing first in novice in my height class. Congrats. Thank you. And then um, third in the open. At that time, third qualified for nationals. So wow. Yeah. So they only changed that rule last to year. top two last year. Last so, year. Yeah. so at that time, I qualified. And I didn't know what that meant. I didn't even know what the open meant. Open, unlimited, what does that mean? I'm, I'm just going to sign up for both because I want to be on stage for as long as possible. I want two tiaras. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so... I ended up doing the show, and, and again, guys, I went into it with like zero expectations because I just wanted to do something for me that I had fun doing. So I, all I remember is not remembering anything other than I knew my routine and I knew my number, and I got on stage, deer in the headlights, guys. Like I look at those videos now of me walking on stage, and I, <laughs> big smile, you know, just super bouncy, just like excited but I couldn't hear anything and I couldn't see anything other than I could hear the head judge I think it was either I think it was Tamer or Tarek I don't really remember I'm sure one of the one One of the the two two. um since they've been there forever but um I just remember I got moved around and prejudging happened and I didn't know what any of it meant I didn't know what call outs meant I didn't know I didn't know anything so I tell my coach Eric at the time I'm like I he's like how did you do he wasn't able to be there for prejudging I'm like, well, uh, I they they moved us around, and he's like, where did you end up? I'm like, uh, this the middle. I ended up in the middle. He's like, oh my god, and I'm like, <laughs> oh my god, okay. <laughs> so so yeah, so ultimately at the end of the night, I'm like, oh, okay, I I won, I won stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. So then I got hooked. Then I got hooked, and it was so enjoyable. And I'll be honest, sorry, Eric, if you ever hear this, I didn't take that prep very seriously. <laughs> I did not do all the cardio the you comes asked out. me to do. And it was only like 20 to 30 minutes in oh day. Oh, my goodness. I, and I just, I, and I wasn't as serious about the food. I wasn't as serious. So it obviously showed in my physique. If, if I, maybe on the day you launch, maybe I'll post a, a transformation. Like, maybe I'll do that. Yeah, like, I'll ask you when yeah. I post this, I'll ask you for so photos. So you guys can see. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Like the beginning, like the evolution. Uh, so that you guys see this takes time. It's not like overnight. Um, so 2014 physique is like laughable and, and it's still a beautiful physique. You guys, it's, I'm not embarrassed about it at all. It's just not the standard, you know, for what they're it's looking for. It's just not where it's you are now. It's just not where I am now. Yeah. Right. So, um, so this is all very body positive. You guys, like I love myself at all stages. I've had to learn that. But, um, so th- then I was like, I'm going to do another one. <laughs> so I just stayed on prep and my poor husband, we were dating at the time. So, I mean, I've been on prep since we met. <laughs> So literally, he must truly love you. <laughs> he sounds like a great guy. I don't Chris know him, Wilson, I love but you. he sounds wonderful. No, he's awesome. He's awesome. He's been like through and through the whole way. So, um, and he, if, yeah, it, it's good to have that kind of support. And if you if you met at the gym, I mean, what's yeah, what's he going to expect? It. Yeah, you know? I mean, he's an athlete. He respects my 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 you know this athletic career that I have. So, um, so yeah, so I got hooked, and I'm like, I'm gonna do another one. So I do another one. Um, three months later. So I never really got off, but I, but I, but I, my conditioning came in better. So it was consistency. It was like, nice. all right, all right, now I'm going to take this a little more seriously because I see I have potential. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did another show. I, I didn't do open because I had already won first place. So I just, or rather novice. Uh, novice. So I did open third place again. Like, whoa, I qualified again. Woo. Again, not like getting the full scope of what this all means. I just knew I qualified for nationals and USA's was the next show. So I go, I prep myself. <laughs> For USA's okay. the first year. Okay. Oh my god. Twenty fifteen? No, no, no. Twenty fourteen. Um, fourteen. Okay. Yeah. Twenty fourteen. Oh my god, it was awful. 
yeah, no. I mean, I, physique improved, but last call outs, like everything was wrong about my whole look. Everything mm -hmm. was just wrong about it. Um, quadzilla was there because I overworked mm -hmm. legs. Um, upper body was tiny. My suit looked horrible in the stage lighting. The tan, like nothing was right. Aww. Hair, makeup, ugh, it was not right because I kind of did it all on my own without guidance. And so then I decided, I'm going to hire Kim Odo. Ooh. Kim, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to hire, you know, a, a very reputable coach. And I, and I looked around at others, but I really... How did you find him? So my first show, I saw him. And I'm like, who's this guy? Who's this guy who's running around? And he was so attentive. Like, and, I, and again, not knowing anyone there. Mm -hmm. And he was super attentive and, like, just involved every, in every facet of the show. Um, and I could see how attentive he was to the competitors. And I'm like, wow. And, and they did well. Uh, you know, the, his competitors just generally did well. So I'm like, wow, okay. So I'm like looking on Instagram because that's like the best way to kind of look at someone's portfolio that's coaching. And I, I just really enjoyed his style. And the way the girls looked and the way they composed themselves it, 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 versus it felt like it was a better fit for me, uh, my personality, versus some of the other coaches. Um, I don't like to get into teams because ultimately we're all one big fat team, in my opinion. You know, mm -hmm. we share the same goal. Like there should be camaraderie despite whichever coach you hire because mm -hmm. we all ultimately we're hiring someone to get us through to our goal. We have the team, which is really nice. But like I've seen cattiness and it's just stupid. You guys like knock it off, like get along because we're all in it mm -hmm. for the same goal. Mm -hmm. And no matter who your team is or coach it's not up to them when you're on stage, it's up to the judges. So, so just be nice to each other. Okay. That's my rant about being nice to each other backstage. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so I decided I'm going to hire Kim. Cause I, I just, I remember that. I remembered like that attentiveness he had. Um, and I met, I met like Kat Garcia. I met her in tanning at USA's 2014 when she got her pro card and we just clicked and, and she was being coached by him. And I'm like, Oh yeah, this is, Mm -hmm. This is, or I think she was being coached by him at that time. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she was. I'm like, all right, cool. Like, I, I like the, the energy around him. I like that. And so I hired him. And my first show with him was Iron Games 2014. I got first place and second overall. Awesome. So completely yeah. different look. And then we went and did Governor's Cup, and I got third place. And um, we did Junior Nats in Chicago, and this was 2015. I came in last call out. And that was devastating. And because I've been winning. Yeah. I've been winning for all yeah. intents and purposes. Yeah. Top three is like, for someone who doesn't understand the significance of the placings, like, cool, I'm top three. I get a trophy every time. I'm winning. This is great. So coming from that such a high to then being at such a low with a physique that I was so proud of. So, so proud of. And I got missed. And that show was very competitive. It's only first place that gets the pro card yeah. um, versus some of the others, which are top two. And so I was devastated. It didn't hit me. It was a two-day show. So I was I maintained focus mm -hmm. throughout both days. You know, prejudging, we all kind of get a feeling of where we end up unless you're in the pro level and then you're just confused with some shows <laughs> um, until you get the trend. And yeah. so I ended up not doing well. And I that Sunday morning after everything was all said and done, shows done, we're all flying back home. I was crushed. I was so devastated. And I, like my husband, thank goodness he was there. He like snapped me out of it. We had a friend in Chicago. So we kind of like went downtown and like just let loose a I love, bit. That's like the area I'm from. I'm oh yeah? From, I'm from about an hour and a half east oh, of Chicago. So I love it's Chicago. Amazing. It's a great, it's a great city. Good energy. Good Especially energy. in the summer. It's yes. amazing it in the, the summer. summer. Yeah, it's amazing. So, so it was such a wonderful pick me up. So like we went around, we just, I got distracted. It was great. Then I went back home and I had to think about it for a day or two. Like, do I really want to keep going? Do I really want to keep doing this? And then I remembered it took me three freaking years to get into vet, veterinary medical school. It took me three tries to get a, vez, a residency in dentistry and oral surgery. Why would I give up now? Why, when, it, when I just started taking it really seriously. So I snapped back into it. And every single day I would wake up. Because the next show was going to be USA's um, in July uh, mm -hmm. in Vegas, 2015. Every damn day I would wake up, do my cardio, do whatever it is that I needed to get done. And I would say, okay, you're Dr. Jessica Wilson. You're IFBB Bikini Pro. I would write it down. I would have little post-it notes. I just, any, anything and everything was going to get me to that. Anything and everything that I was doing was going to get me to that goal. So my intent, my, my focus changed. 
guess we got our pro card six weeks later. Awesome. <laughs> so, so, and of course, it, you know, I put in the work. Yeah. My physique changed a little, you know, and coach guided, or coach Kim guided me throughout the entire process of, yeah, we, we do have to make some little changes some just little changes. So we worked on it and, and I made it and I got second place. And I was so happy I got second place because I knew I didn't have that photo shoot the next morning, and I could just eat whatever I want. I didn't have to keep it tight. I didn't. I could you go, go party. You go party in Vegas. Go, party. Exactly. <laughs> go to the club. Exactly. Well, I'm not really a clubber. I know. None for, you bikini girls. Bikini it, girls are not clubbers. No. We some may. Are. We may. T- well, we, we may like take. We, are, we look like we are. But no. We may take the Instagram photo, but it's probably. At it's prob- PM. I know. <laughs> we so, take that photo at nine thirty, and then we're out of there. Literally. So. Um, so I went pro six weeks later, and so that was a very long-winded story about the power of that was a great story visualization. But like I gave you, wow, I gave you guys like a whole story from like start, you know, vet stuff to then where I am now. And mm-hmm. and there's a lot more to it afterward because then when you go pro, you start over, mm-hmm. unless you're blessed with that kind of physique that um, is competitive in both an amateur and a pro setting. Um, but sometimes if you're if you look too pro, it, it, like if you if you just if your physique is that developed and that hard and that um, proportional, proportionate and, and majestic looking, like you look at the <laughs> damn set, like there there is there is a different set of eyes that the judges have for amateur versus pro. As a pro, we're expected to look a certain way. We're expected to have more fullness, have more muscle maturity. We, we look different. Mm-hmm. We look more polished as an amateur. You can get away. You, you almost need to be a little leaner, you know, less muscle, um, and you don't get as much stage time. So you really have to be up there and press right away with that non-verbal communication. See, it wraps around to the veterinary stuff because it's there all non-verbal, go. right? There you go. <laughs> eye contact, like you can't shake the judge's hands, but that eye contact is important. Mm-hmm. Um, not too thirsty though, girls. Not too thir- and guys, just actually, like a little, just, like just a little, little like, look at me, what's up? Versus, hey, look at me, look at me, look at me. <laughs> too much, right? Um, and it's all in the eyes, but, okay. but it all kind of wraps around. It's like the moral of my story is don't give up, be realistic, but don't give up. Like you want something, realize it will take time. And, you know, wrapping back to like my first show and like what I look like now, that's, that's a five, four or five year difference. Mm-hmm. It's a huge difference. And I started later in life. I started in this sport later in life. I'm 37. Mm-hmm. I started in my early 30s. So I, I felt, you know, I felt like I had to catch up. Just like you mentioned earlier, yeah. where like yeah. you just kind of want to catch up for that those last three years where you kept thinking about doing the shows. And mm-hmm. um, so I hit it hard. Hit it hard. I went pro, did my debut. I was a puny little shrimp up there, you know, mm-hmm. like tiny. I look at those photos and, and I was just exhausted. I was fatigued from doing so many shows as an amateur, trying to go pro. And then I, in 2016, I hit it hard. I think I did 10 or 12 shows. Oh my like, goodness. I think eight of those were like in a three or four months time span. Wow. And by September, so I started like March, I think. Yeah. Or April. Something like that. Something. I don't remember. But um, 2016. And it was when I was blonde. You guys, if you remember, I had those blonde highlights and they just kept getting, kept getting blonder and blonder. And then I needed to stop because it was too blonde. But... Um, I don't post those pictures, Texas. I want to see them. San now. Antonio. Oh, all I want to see so them. If you guys look up on uh, the NPC News Online page, you can look us all up by competitors, and you can see that our show history. Um, San Antonio, the San Antonio Pro that just just happened over the weekend in 2016. I did that show. It was in October. Um, that was not a good look for me at all. I, I personally don't think. Like I was too blonde. My hair was too big. My lipstick matched my suit. <laughs> it was oh, pink. gosh. So, no, don't okay. do this thing. Okay. But you know what? I had to do it so I could learn. I had to do it so I could learn that that's not the look that works for me. But three weeks prior to that, you know, I'm like six weeks prior to that show, the highest place I've ever had as an IFBB pro, the Arizona Pro, and it was its first year. So it wasn't a big pool of competitors, but I came in third. And I, it was in Arizona, and I remember having such a blast. It was an all-women show. It still is. Um, the camaraderie in all the divisions like there were the female bodybuilders were there like to see them is an awe like it's an inspiring like they work hard so female bodybuilders physique fitness like every division in the women's very cool so I did that show and I just remember the energy was there I just felt so good 
and I got third place. I got third place to Courtney King and Corey Baker. Wow. So to me, I was so proud of that moment. Like, so proud. So proud. And they hopped in last minute. Mm -hmm. So then some people would say, you could have won that show. And I'm like, I could have, but I didn't. And that's fine Mm -hmm. because it wasn't my time. Mm -hmm. It it just wasn't my time. But after that show, that was my my highest placing. Everything kind of all went downhill Mm because I taxed my body. I kept going. I think I did four more shows after that. Oh, wow. And I needed to stop. So that's that's an important kind of lesson for me. I hit it hard because I was trying to make up for lost time because I was older. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm going to be masters soon. And I want to try and get into the limit. And you know what? It wasn't my time. And mm-hmm. that's fine. So I've, I've taken a little bit of a different approach since then as that's far as good. not taxing myself. Yeah. Taking a longer off season, um, which I'm in now, which is glorious. Yay. Um, Yay for off season.